This is the Scott Bradley Show podcast. We got the brightest panel on Hamilton Radio reassembled this evening. Mike Fortune and Jay McQueen are the two victims this evening. And um, when I say pins and needles, Jay has got his phone nearby because literally <laughs> any moment now, Jay's wife, Jen Watson, you hear her here on CHML day after day, she is ready to spawn. I mean, she is ready to produce a child any moment now. Any moment. Let me turn on your microphone. Any moment now, yeah. The uh, 28th of December is the official due date, but... Uh, but this all... is your second one, so they always come a little early, yeah, And that's what we, you know, are sort of, you know, you believe, right? But then you talk to her sister and also somebody else we spoke with in the last uh, couple of days, and they also said that for their second one, they didn't go early and also had to be induced and all this stuff, so we're going, oh, boy. Because we're, you know... You we guys were... could be the New Year baby it could be that yeah but tell her to squeeze yeah. hold on we, we'd like <laughs> get to be, the gifts you know we'd like to have a you know the baby uh, and be home for christmas you know and as opposed to being like in the hospital at christmas or having a christmas baby or do they you know. still do gifts for the new year's baby i mean once upon a time that was a big stinking deal if you were the new year's baby you were the front page of the paper and you got diapers yeah. for a year and you got all kind, do they do anything? I don't know now? about the gifts anymore, but I do know they get the paper thing still at least. Well, I the paper, know I know we still cool. go out. I know the spec still goes out and does something on, and I never believe it. I'll be honest with you. Sorry if you're listening and you're one of the New Year's babies, but the fact is we don't live in a city of millions of people. <laughs> the chances that every single year there's a baby born at twelve o'clock in one second. <laughs> Is just not realistic. Well, you know, what's funny about that is my mom worked in labor and delivery for years uh, at McMaster, and they had, like, this thing against St. Joe's because St. Joe's claimed, like, every year to have the New Year's baby. And it was like, they're making it up or they're getting, you know what I mean? Like, Well, the baby's out at 1130, but we're not cutting the yeah. cord until 12 o'clock yeah. yeah. one second. Yeah. Wait, 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 cut! Yeah. Now, is Jen at that phase right now, Jay, where she is just like, get this thing out, like, I am done and finished? <laughs> it's yeah. like a scene from Alien. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, she still do, I mean, she she went to Ikea, which is, like, brave for anybody. Like, sure, this time of year, You know, yeah. pregnant or not. Uh, she went to Ikea with her two-year-old daughter yesterday, so, and they both survived that trip, so that was, uh, that's good news good today. Good for her. Today we went down to uh, see Santa Claus with uh, I see with the pictures on Facebook yeah. already. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, she's she totally ready to go. But, um, yeah, I mean, and so there's times where it's like, oh, okay, let's you know, now, right? Like, well, How many midnight runs has she had you out to? Like, for, like, food and for, stuff? Yeah, her cravings. What's you her? know, not um, – usually we have stuff in the house and that'll, it'll <laughs> well get the, the One of the only times we ever did it was um, – and our, her first pregnancy, and she was about 33 weeks pregnant, and she wanted uh, a hamburger at, like, uh, quarter to 12. So I ended up going to get it for her. And I usually, you know, I'm all over that because I'm like, yeah, man. Like, <laughs> who, a hamburger. Who doesn't want a burger at midnight, right? <laughs> you know, but that time I didn't, and she ended up getting food poisoning from the restaurant. Oh, no. And then the, that sent her to the hospital. And so she's in there with vomiting and all this stuff oh, no. 33 weeks, and it was pretty pretty tense for a while. And uh, yeah. Well, we have a policy on the show as always that uh, no one's allowed to have their cell phone ringer on i want you to turn your ringer on <laughs> all right say because on or off on. no we on. want your we want your ringer on we want the volume up if she calls everyone is going to know <laughs> we want to know this yeah the, we want the audience <laughs> to be able to hear it first yeah. if uh if jen calls yeah. and so we can uh there we go yeah we can we can keep track if um you know if something happens and uh, so if you hear the ringer all of a sudden folks 
you know that there's something going on in the McQueen household. All right, <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Good stuff. just um, be aware. Of oh, that. come on. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it says Scott Radley <laughs> on the phone. <laughs> it was worth a try. There you go. Did the heart skip for a beat? I, you know, my first reaction was somebody in my family is being a jerk right now. They're calling in. <laughs> well, that's me. Um I gotta get this. As always, by the way, the first segment of the Scott Radley Show is brought to you commercial free, <laughs> exclusively by Fox Forty Shop dot com. For sport and for safety, it has to be Fox Forty Shop dot com. Enter the promo code Radley at checkout to receive twenty five percent off your order. Uh, and also, you could get Fox Forty whistles. See, I think what you should do is when you walk in to the hospital. When she is now contracting and you have to get in there, like be mm. blowing a Fox 40 whistle as you come <laughs> yeah. in the door. Clear out. Everyone out of the way. Clear well, out. If Ron shows up with some whistles, then yeah, it's on. We're doing it. The, the first time we ever had, when we had our first child, when we had Victoria years ago, we had been to the whole childbirth class and you did the whole thing. We did the whole shooting match, the, mm. the childbirth classes and we read the books. Childbirth classes, by the way, I don't know if they've changed. I don't know if you've gone to one, but when we no. went... We sat in this room, and they made us watch these movies. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know who the women are who volunteer for these childbirth movies. <laughs> I mean, just that's where you're starting from, that I am going to allow my birth to not only be filmed, but shown to thousands of people. Textbook. <laughs> over the years. Yeah. But, but the people on there, yeah. so maybe that explains something about their personality. But one of them, I recall, they were talking about how, you know, this can be a family gathering, and she's sitting buck naked, pregnant as all get out, contracting like crazy in the middle of a room with her extended family who are all like eating hot dogs and stuff. <laughs> Lovely. And it's like, who is going to do that? Oh, and the other man. one was where they talked about how, you know, it's okay if you're the woman, whatever helps you to ease the pain and make you comfortable. Feel free. Just if it looks funny, if it sounds funny, don't worry. And there was a woman who was on all fours mooing like a cow because <laughs> oh, that's wow. how... That was working for her. Made her feel comfortable. Hey, whatever it takes, I guess. (laughs) And I'm like, we're watching this going, are we, are are you expected to do that? (laughs) I'm sorry. Like, if you get on all fours and moo like a cow, I'm sorry, I'm going to (laughs) laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Be rethinking this marriage. But getting back to the, getting back to the whistle, we went to the hospital, so we read the books and they told us everything we were supposed to take to the labor and delivery room. So Monica walks in, she's like waddles in, I guess is more apt. and, And I've got two duffel bags, a pillow, a ghetto blaster. And the nurses are looking at me like, are you moving in? And I was like, no, we just brought the stuff they told us to bring in the book. I had rolling pins and tennis balls and... They, did they say Ghetto Blaster? Oh, yeah. We had to play soothing music. So I think I had like a Yanni CD or something. We were, And we get in there and Monica's like, I don't want to. Come on. I made a push playlist. So anything that would like under pressure... Uh, oh. Queen <laughs> nice. Bowie, like nice. anything that would the word push in it, or Did you like get salt and pepper in there. Uh, yeah, that was yeah. in there. Oh, really? Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. That's the, what got you into this mess. The, yeah. nurse, <laughs> <laughs> the nurses were actually howling. <laughs> uh, before we continue, uh, let me give you people their quiz question, and then we will carry on. Uh, your quiz question this evening. Sticking with the Christmas theme, last night was kind of depressing. It was the 50th anniversary of the death of Walt Disney. We're going to move away from death. We're on to birth now. (laughs) Uh, But for your quiz question this evening, in the song, the famous song, you know the song, everyone knows the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, very simple. What did the singer's true love give her on day eight? 905-645-3221, star 9900. Twelve Days of Christmas, what was the gift on day eight? I'll give you a hint. It was eight something. <laughs> oh. 
Thanks. Well, that whittles it, that not whittles it down, I know. But it's Sorry, is this something. the Bob and Doug McKenzie one you're looking no, for? No, no, no. <laughs> that would be pretty good. Um, I don't remember what they had. What did they have I for day? Did, I don't, did they have day eight or have they already skipped ahead to day 12 uh, by then? I have to play it back in my head here. Yeah. Maybe we can, uh, maybe we can get it as a reintro. <laughs> Luke, look for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so we are we are sitting patiently waiting for um, for news from Jen. No, I won't play any more uh, funny jokes on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Um, if the phone does ring at this point, probably it really is, uh, Jen and Mike and I will be carrying the show the rest of the way. Oh, I got to tell you, um, Jen just texted me and said, Emmy, our daughter, who's just over two, just asked me twice if the baby is coming out soon, <laughs> LOL. And Jen's listening on online, by the way. So there you go. So you can say hi and say, uh, hello, Jen. There you go. Merry yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Relax. D- do not have a baby for the next hour and 45 minutes. We need Jay. <laughs> Maybe after listening to the show, she, she might want to stop the show. And just have the baby. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Get him out of there. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we will. Uh, and Mike Fortune, by the way, you know, all the discussion about Jay, which is fine. But Mike Fortune great, also, yeah. yeah, just back from Cuba now, um, there's no, pre- say. Nice there's no pregnancies uh, that we need to talk about involving. No, you. no, no. Right. That that ship sailed many years ago. We're all looked after there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jeez. Uh, no, Cuba was great. Keo Coco. We went to, I suggest to everyone, uh, you check out the Pullman Resort. It's a brand new resort, very modern in Keo Coco. Eight minutes from the airport. It was spectacular. We had seven days of high 80s, not a cloud in the sky, and plenty of delicious food, surprisingly for Cuba. And, uh, Plenty of beverage was had by many oh. of us. Good times mm-hmm. had by all. And, and the they have a foam party on Wednesdays at 4 o'clock I, in one of their <laughs> massive pools. Is that right? Wow. Look out. Foam you know, party. know, I'm, I'm just picturing Raul Castro in the foam in his military <laughs> <Yeah>. uniform. <laughs> I'm just picturing Cable 14 carrying the foam party live. <laughs> yeah, there Cuba. you go. Yeah, via satellite. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. You mentioned the Castro name. You had to be very careful who you talked sure. to down there. I'm because sure. we came in right at the uh, the end of the morning of, of Castro's death. Mm-hmm. And then on the Monday while we were there, it was at his actual funeral. So things were a little quieter on the resort, which was fine. But whenever you spoke about or asked any of the citizens there about Castro, they just ooze over this guy. They love him to death. They would say Mm. nothing wrong. So you had to be very careful. You had to respect their culture and their leader. It's fascinating. Interesting. Same rules apply in the Trudeau household. (laughs) 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 Quick break. Back after this on the Scott Radley Show. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. It was eight comic books, I believe. Eight comic um, books, yeah. In the Bob and Doug McKenzie version. But your quiz question this evening, in the real 12 days of Christmas, what was the gift on day eight? 905-645-3221, star 9900. Those are the numbers to call. By the way, uh, Greg, regular listener, one of our favorite regular listeners, just tweeted, listening to the show, we're all cheering on Jen, praying for a healthy baby and no complications. All right. He ran out of l- characters in his tweet before he could say, and not before the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Greg, thank you for all that. Right. That's awesome. Let's uh, jump into something slight, well, not more serious than giving birth, I suppose, but uh, slightly more serious than what we've been talking about. Um, we have had a lot of discussion this week about the idea of... Uh, the proposal for legalizing marijuana in this country and whether it should be 18 or the Canadian Medical Association says, no, it should be at least 21, preferably older. But the, the point behind the whole discussion, the point behind this entire idea of legalizing marijuana seems to be if we legalize it, we will wipe out the black market. If we make marijuana legal at corner stores or the post office or 
LCBOs or wherever we're going to make it legal, this is going to eliminate the drug dealing black market, the guy on the street corner selling dime bags. Do you believe that is actually going to happen? I don't think so because you you still got the you still got the high school kids that are 13, 14, 15 years old, 16 that, you know, they're interested. They want to try it. They know that they're not going to be able to go to a, a pharmacy and pick it up. I think it's going to continue on rampant. Just like when I was a kid and it was all about cigarettes, you know, you couldn't go into the store and buy them, but guess what? You had a guy <laughs> who who knew a guy and he was yeah. selling cigarettes to us at the overhang up on our, our high school on the West Mountain there. So <laughs> I don't think this is going to eliminate the black market by any means. Um, there's still that novelty, if you will, for the young kids um, to to want to be on the edge, to to be the rebel, if you will, to be able to say, yeah, hey, I scored a dime bag, let's go and, and roll one and, and take a couple tokes and off we go. But I don't G- think it's CJ, like I don't even think that it's necessary. I mean, I agree with Mike, but I don't think it's even just the young kids because I, I will bet money that when this comes, when marijuana is eventually able to be purchased legally, quote, quote, from our government, by the time they add the taxes and everything else, what you will pay for a legal bag of marijuana will be considerably more than you would get from <laughs> your black market guy. And so people will still say, well, why am I doing this? Yeah, I think ultimately in the end, there there's still will be a need for um, for that niche, for the uh, guy on the street corner uh, selling you the dime bags. And I think it's, yeah, part of it is, like Mike said, uh, for age purposes, but also uh, I think they'll they'll just find an edge. They'll find, uh, they'll be able to sell it cheaper. And yeah, there'll be people that are going, well, I'm not, you know, it's a tax and everything else. I'm taxed on everything else in this, in this country in life, right? So, uh, you know, I, I've never paid uh, HST on a bag of weed before. I'm not going to start <laughs> now. Not gonna right? start now. <laughs> and that's very simple. Similar to the little story I said about when I was in high school up, uh, up, up on the West Mountain there, it was the same thing. You would get the smokes, but you're paying at least less than half the price. You, you walk in with uh, five bucks and you get a, a, a full pack of smokes. You go to the stores like eight, nine bucks. And that still exists, though. Because remember yeah, when, of course. I don't know, was it 20 years ago when they had all the uh, cigarette smuggling that was going on? And they, and, I mean, they tried to wipe people out, but the taxes on cigarettes are so high that people will still drive to the reserve oh, yeah. and, and buy their bags of cigarettes because it's so much less money. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I just look at this and I think if you if the if the idea behind this is that we really believe that we are going to wipe out the black market, it's completely misguided. It's completely misguided if that's yeah. if that's your purpose for trying to legalize this. Agreed. And at what point do you stop? So okay, we legalize marijuana. At what point are you going to start to legalize? Crack cone well, we have we're talking about injection centers, yeah. so yeah, we're gonna so it's not legalizing the drug per se, but it's saying it's policing it. It's policing it. It's it's trying to have a handle on. It. But here's and you know it's interesting, Mike. You say that because the part about this whole thing that I find I, as a parent, but just as a citizen as well, that I find troubling. I, as I said the other day on the on the radio on the show here, I've never taken a single toke of marijuana. It's not something I've done. I'm but that's fine if you have great. I, it's just not something that I'm. That I've done, it's not my world. But the reality is that if you are making it legal, if the government is saying it is okay to buy this, is that not telling every kid that it's okay, that there's nothing wrong with it? Because again, when I listen to the Canadian Medical Association that says this stuff, if you're over 25, whatever, you you know, do what you want. But up until then, it can permanently structurally affect the your brain 
and it's not healthy for kids who are under 25 years old is what they are saying. Not me. I don't know. They're saying this. But if the government says it's legal at 18, is that not announcing that, sure, it's fine. It's, it's not harmful at all. I mean, it's, I guess it's like booze, right? I mean, yep. you're not supposed to drink until in, in Canada, well, in Ontario, until you're 19. And so, you know, that doesn't stop kids from partying with it at in their, you know, low teens, right? Or whenever they can get their hands on it. So, yeah, I don't think that that's really going to be, uh, either they're going to look at it and go, you know, that's going to have any bearing on uh, on what kids do. I think, I think uh, if they want to do it, they'll do it. Kids will be kids. They can, yeah. they're, they're, uh, they can get their hands on stuff. I think what, the government will have to continue to do is educate and inform. Um, yes, it's legal, but you know, here's why it's the age requirements. Here's the minimum. Um, here's why you should get the prescription or buy it from us, as opposed to what you can get off the street. You don't know what it's cut or laced with. You don't know who the actual supplier is. And, and that's where you almost have to, to the youngsters, put that little bit of fear in them. You know, don't don't do it that way. If you're going to, at least come here, pay the few extra bucks, if you will, and do it the right way. Once you're at that minimum age, you still have to put the fear, and just like they're doing with cigarettes now, those pictures are just absolutely horrendous that you see on cigarette packages. <laughs> if you can do something similar with marijuana to to curb them away from it, at least, then there you go. And again, you bring up a really interesting point because on the one hand, we got. Uh, I want to talk about the pictures because we're talking about things that are potentially harmful for us. And the cigarette packages now, yes, they have pictures of people who have like fourth degree mouth cancer that their jaw is falling off to show and to scare people. But then once a week, once every two weeks in my newspaper, I get a lovely glossy flyer from the LCBO showing me all the glory of all the different beverages that I can go out and buy. And people will argue, well, booze is bad for you too. But our government says on the one hand, this you can't touch. But yeah. this, you better buy because we need you to because we're spending all this money on magazines. So you better spend some money. Here. It's like, why isn't there, uh, you know, some sort of a picture on a bag of chips, right? Uh, of Overly obese or yeah. something. Well, why isn't there a picture on the LCBO magazine of a ruined liver? Right. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, yeah. like if you're going to say, that, and yeah. I'm not arguing for cigarettes, right? I'm not arguing that we should be trying to move more cigarettes, but I'm saying if we're going to say that cigarettes are harmful, which we agree, and then other people say, yeah, and we agree that booze can be harmful. Why are we making one look like it is the way to enjoy life to the fullest and glamorous and everything else, and the other is literally going to make body parts fall off? I guess when you look at alcohol, you're, you're dealing with natural um, ingredients, if you will, whereas with cigarettes... That's natural. Tobacco is natural. Yeah, but then they put a lot of fillers in them. They put a lot of extra crap in there that, uh, you know, are the same as paint thinners or whatever they swept up off the floor. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and again, I, I'm not pro either way. I'm just I'm saying I think if you, if you look at the alcohol side, it's 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 done. It, it's regulated. It has been for for, you know, years and years and years now, decades, if you will. Whereas the cigarette has always just kind of been it's been the cool thing to do, but <clears throat> it's just it's not done by the book, if you will, or maybe Does that make is, sense? is it? Are they are they still trying to make up for the fact that for years smoking cigarettes was uh, sort of glorified and you know like there was I remember this one ad of you know eight out of ten doctors choose this kind of cigarette yeah for you know, a smoothness and, <laughs> yeah you know, that's it's, going way so back yeah is it so the government's now saying okay you know we we feel bad that that you know 
that we uh, we didn't give people the heads up, or we didn't know that. Uh, or maybe co- were, was that bad for you? Right? Maybe we can be as cynical as I am and say the reason is because the government doesn't own the tobacco company, so they're not making any money but yeah, the taxes off point. cigarettes. The government owns the liquor store, yeah. <laughs> and they're making all kinds of money off yeah, the liquor store. Point. Yeah. And so, you know what? If it was the other way around, would we be having cirrhosis of the liver pictures on your bottle of brandy? And the cigarettes are, you know, we're going to have glossy magazines coming out saying, here's the uh, the types of cigarettes you can buy from the government. Yeah. yeah and, that's and, a great point. And that brings us to... The marijuana thing, that if the government is now getting involved in this, is it a matter of time until with, and we know that one of the things they've talked about is whether or not where the marijuana should be sold, and if it's in the LCBO, are we going to have glossy magazines coming to our door selling pot? Here's the different strains of pot. Here's what you can get, and they come up with all these great names, and they'll have pictures of them sitting in front of a Christmas background with Cheech and Chong, you know, having a toke <laughs> on the thing. But it won't be Cheech and Chong. It'll be some really upscale guy with his wife, and they'll have a, a really flashy bedazzled bong or something. I mean, I don't know what, but hey. if it's a government thing... They seem to have a lot less concern about the health problems. It wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me. Fifteen, twenty years from now, we do s- see something like that. At, to your point, which I didn't even think of, because of the government controls. It. Yeah, it's an excellent point, Scott. Mm-hmm. It really is. I, I, I Mike, don't want to be that cynical, but no, mic drop. But explain the difference. If if we yeah. are, and nobody argues that either one of those things is good for you. You know, in in moderation, some might say, okay, I'm just a social smoker. Well, you know, whatever. That's fine. Social nibbler. That's right. Or, or yeah. and, and I just and, and some will say, okay, but you know, if you if you only have a drink once a week or twice a week, or you go out once, and they'll still say, well, that's not good for part you. Part of still. the difference is though, it's it's not like you 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 uh, you hop in your car and you pour yourself a drink as you're driving down the street. You can't do that. You you can't be you can't be walking along Upper James with a drink in your hand and, and having a sip. I know there are probably some people that do, but. With the cigarette smoking, it's, it's you can literally light up wherever you go. I, I was standing out here. You can't have a smoke within nine meters of this building, but I bet you at break time around ten fifteen every morning, there's probably a, her, a few groups. A herd. Yeah. A herd. <laughs> there's a group of people in this cold weather having that smoke because that's a social thing to do. Um, and and as for the alcohol, it's it's just it's it's different. You you don't get together during the day while you're at work to say, oh, let's go and have a drink for fifteen minutes. Let's let's go out and have a smoke. Plus, nobody knows what the hell nine meters is either. That's another issue. <laughs> Start bringing my it's tape like measure. Fifty feet, isn't it? Well, to- totally <laughs> apropos of nothing. <laughs> how is it that we have learned in our society the metric system? I know what a kilometer is. Yeah. I know what a kilogram roughly is, but no one has Celsius. ever said uh, Celsius. Yeah, yeah we know yeah. Celsius. But our height. How tall are you? Yeah, like how tall? One hundred and sixty-seven centimeters. You're, yeah, you're right. five foot ten or whatever five it is. Five foot seven. Or five eight, foot yeah. seven. No one has Maybe. ever said you're a meter thirty-two no. in Canada. <laughs> and if you did, you'd look at them like, "What are you on?" You Bringing about? us back to the topic. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because no one has a clue what that is. But yeah. anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. Yeah. I, listen, I just, I just look at this thing and I think if the idea is that this is going to try and wipe out the black market, it's not going to happen. And my bigger concern is that when you legalize this, you essentially give the rubber stamp that says it's safe. It's good for you. Almost. Maybe not good for you, but there's nothing wrong with this at all. And it makes it, to me, it makes it very difficult for a parent to tell their kid that it's not something they should be doing. We already know parents have have to deal with this with booze with their kids. Yeah. Well, that's where parenting comes in. That's I understand, where you but have it's harder. To educate the child. That's it, where you have to explain to them. Look, yes, it's legal, 
but you know what? Not until you're a certain age, or or if you want to, you know, come and talk to dad, and and I'll have a drink with you. You know, let's if if you have that open communication. How old are your kids? Twelve and eight. <laughs> <laughs> quick, very quick story. I know we're. My my son was two years old. I was I I like my my whiskey on the rocks, and I started to nod off after a few. And uh, he crawls up to the couch and he takes a sip, spitting out. Mom comes in. What's wrong? What's wrong? Not apple juice. Anyways, <laughs> so he's already he's already tasted it. Anyways, I'm just saying the 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 parenting has to really take over whether it's alcohol or whether it's marijuana or or whether it's cigarettes. A lot of that all starts at home. Yeah, absolutely. It does. It's just harder. It's just going to be harder, I think. And maybe again, maybe I'm just being very naive. Maybe 95% of other people listening say, well, yeah, but if it's legal, then we can at least try and keep track of. So I, I just I just think that part of the discussion is misguided. I think that is wishful thinking to think that we're somehow going to whittle down the distribution now just to the legal government run agencies. I don't think that's going to happen at all. No, I think you're right. I, I don't. I agree. Well, we will see because what I expect to come next then is that if it doesn't do that, which I don't think any of us expect it will, there will be some sort of new law that will be passed by the government, which will increase the penalties for dealing. Not because, again, being very cynical, but not because the government is particularly concerned about the strain of marijuana or Mike, as you say, what's in your street corner pot. But we can't have someone cutting into our business. Yeah, exactly. If you're going to do our business, we're going to punish you. You're going yeah. to jail forever. Yep. That's what's going to happen. I, I'm, I'm betting on it. That <laughs> we are going to see stiffer penalties for dealing marijuana than we've ever seen before if it doesn't have the, if, if this, if people still insist on doing this, or which the, they will. If the government got really smart, they'd team up with Tim Hortons. They'd, they'd have a little pot shop next to every Tim Hortons cafe across Canada and Tim Hortons double, would love double it. and a every, joint and a cruller and off you go. Every <laughs> store would be packed between about midnight and 4 a.m. And then you wouldn't have to worry about all the dime store guys on the corner streets. There you go. <laughs> True enough. Uh, I would love to know how that segment sounded for people who were high. Just wondering. Anyway, <laughs> quick break here. Back on the Scott Radley Show after this. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show. Weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. Jay McQueen, who is waiting for a child to be born. Baby watch. On baby watch. Phone is on. He's the first guest we've ever instructed to have his ringer on <laughs> just in case. We do not want him to miss the birth of his child. No. I would feel very guilty if yeah. he was here doing a show a and missed the birth of his child. I may never get him back as a panelist <laughs> might, again. Might be it. It might be it. And next to him, Mike Fortune, freshly back from Cuba, wearing his Cuban military Castro uniform tonight, <laughs> looking yeah. very sharp in that. Thank you. And the tan. The tan. Trying to grow the beard and smoke a cigar in here. Did you bring us any cigars? I'm t no, you know what, though? Um, had a few down there, and um, a buddy of mine is a cigar connoisseur. Dropped two grand U.S. on wow. cigars. Woo. I can't tell you how many he smoked while he was down there. He just loves his cigars. But it is, it's like night and day. Here you got the pictures as we talked about earlier with mouth cancer and all this. In Cuba, they give you the cohibas and all this in these beautiful mm. cedar pine boxes <laughs> with logos. And it's like, I'm like, Mark, I go, when you're done, I go, I want the box. Like, it's just, there's no regard. It's a metaphor for where you're going to end up. There you, you go. That's right. Yeah. There's a pine box. No regard yeah. for your health or anything down there. I had a couple. Um, did I enjoy them? Yeah. Hey, when in Rome, right? 
you know. Years ago, it. we were talking about babies. When we had uh, one of our kids, I was working at a different newspaper, and I bought cigars for all the guys who worked in the newsroom. The girls, the women didn't want one, so that's fine. Uh, and I don't smoke cigars, so I didn't know what to buy. So I just go in and I buy one that looked kind of cool, kind of that torpedo-shaped cigar. And we all went up on the roof of the building. I had no idea that these were like the world's most potent cigars. Oh. <laughs> and by the time you get down to the the nub. the nub where there's like an inch left and it's hot when you... Yeah. We walked down to the newsroom afterwards and all of us are sitting in our chair, just our heads just spinning. We could barely even, couldn't even see straight. We were so, you know, when you mix babies, pot, we were talking about, they weren't pot cigars, by the way, but it, it might have felt like it. And yeah. then Cuba, man, oh man. Uh, this week, or last week, Within the last few days, the Oxford English Dictionary announced the new words that it has added to its list of official words from 2016 based on usage. I'm going to give you some of them. Tell me which one you are most sick of out of this list. And this is not a... a this is a, from this year. This is not a full list. There were over okay. 500 words, apparently, that were added that are from the modern vernacular now. Okay. YOLO, Moobs, Murica. Non-apology, post-truth, Brexit, or clickbait? I'd have to go with the Brexit. I'm tired of that one. Some of them I hadn't even heard of. No. What are moobs? Man boobs? Absolutely. There yes, you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you, you don't even need to know what it is. It's just, it, it's sort of self-explanatory. Moobs. If you have moobs, you need a bro or a man's ear. <laughs> or you need, for the, you need the surgery that well, they yeah, advertise for. Yeah. Maybe... Maybe YOLO. 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 Well, for those who don't know what that what is, is. YOLO? I think it's You Only Live Once. Yeah, then? it's all capitals. It's You Only Live oh, Once. Oh, so the, okay. What, like the, the short form for texting and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, you say, but, but people say YOLO. YOLO, which I, you know, sounds to me like, what was that? Well, no, when we were kids, didn't we? Did you guys have those triangular frozen things, the Lolas? See, that's, that's what I always think of. Whenever I hear Lolo, I think of. Uh, and what was, what was the other one? America? America. Yeah, with an apostrophe. America. America. America, that's... Uh, that's going to yep. make it to the dictionary. Uh, non-apology, which is the sort of pol- political thing where, you know, it's become so commonplace now that you will apologize. Uh, you know, I-, I apologize if anyone was offended, which is really not saying you're <laughs> sorry. It's like, if you're offended, well, you're, it's your own darn fault, but I'll, you know, I'm sorry for you, for your thin-skinned Narrow-minded. Yeah. So uh, uh, how many times have we heard that, though, in the last number of years, that someone says, if anybody was offended, I apologize. Yeah. It's your fault, Jay. You were offended. So I'll apologize to you. You're an idiot. (laughs) I mean, people do get offended quite a bit and quite easily. Yes. You know, but but yeah. But if you've truly done something that demands an apology, don't apologize for their offense. Apologize for your behavior. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. All you're doing is dumping the apology basically onto them. Well, it was your fault for being offended. So, you know, for that, well, whatever. If you did something wrong, apologize. Yeah, exactly. No, Post-truth? What? Post-truth. Post, see, this is the one that, 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 this is mine. All right? There's a bunch of them on here that I'm, clickbait is one of the ones that I'm tired about. You know, mm. things that people have put stuff online just to get people to click uh, their yeah. stuff and it's, it's idiotic. But yeah, post-truth is the new, there is no, you know, especially in news, we're hearing about fake news all the time yeah, now. Mm-hmm. Um post truth that you know what if if i if i don't believe it it's not true if you say that this is true but i don't think it's true then it's not really true so prove it to me and your proof better be beyond simple like numbers or proof your proof has to be proof that i can believe or else it's not true and therefore it's post truth it's insane it's insanity stuff this is, this is just yeah stubbornness right there like oh, 2 man. plus 2 is 4 
No, it's no, not. it's not. But how do you <laughs> prove it? <laughs> prove it. <laughs> well, no, I don't. I don't buy that. How do I know that's two? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So you you get this with all kinds of different things mm-hmm. now. But what you hear, and this this really came to light in the political arena in the last little while, because one of the candidates, especially in the states, either Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump, would say something, and they would be someone would say that's not true, and someone would say, well, yes, it is true. And you can't agree on whether it's true or whether it's not true because half the time what they're talking about is not something that's easily established. Yep. I mean, how much money did the government actually spend on reforesting Oklahoma this year? I don't know. <laughs> but if one of them says it was $10 million and the other says, no, it wasn't, well, you're basically choosing which one is your truth yes, and therefore we're in the post-truth era. Oh, boy. And so uh, what do you believe now? Like if, if we live in the post-truth era, what do you actually believe? Well, again, I think that's where you have to take a little bit of your own, um, your, your own ideas and values, and you have to take the time to. I know we all don't have it, but you know, read a few different articles. Don't just read one tweet and go, "That's it. That's the answer. I'm believing that." Read the tweet. Read Facebook. See if you can find something on the New York Times, the Washington Post. Go to the Hamilton Spectator if you can listen to it on the radio, and then take all of that and come to your own conclusion. People don't do enough of that, though. They see it, they read it, they believe it. That's true, but we also now, and Jay, you know this as as well as any of the rest of us, we go out of our way to only listen to the points of view that reflect our point of view. We don't want to listen to someone else who has a different point of view. We just want someone to validate what we believe. As Mike was saying, uh, what he said, I was thinking people follow who they want to follow, and they, especially when you get into online stuff and Twitter and all that kind of stuff, people follow, they like to follow like-minded individuals on Twitter, right? And, and... You know, so that's you fall into that line of thinking all the time, and that's that's the way it is. And so anything else, anything else, uh, a point of view that's you know that goes against that is you know it's not true. But why? But why are people like that? Because it's exhausting. Because it's exhausting. People find I think that it's exhausting to be challenged. Because if if you are challenged, you then have to think. Okay, Jay says that he believes in global warming. You say you don't believe in global warming, but Jay says it's true. Now, you have to either say, I agree with you, or if you say no, well, why do you think not? And simply saying, well, because is not the case. So it's difficult to actually disagree with someone. Mm -hmm. So you'd rather just hear someone do your thinking for you. But then what I would hope would happen is Jay and I could have an open and frank discussion about global warming. Well, tell me your side of it. Wait a second. Have you ever been been on social media? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hey, listen. There's no such thing. I I don't get into it like most people do. But that's where it becomes, that's, that's my point. That's where it becomes exhausting because now you say, Jay, I disagree with you and Jay's in it, not you per se, but the, the, the idea here you then fire back, well, Mike, you're an idiot. And yeah. then, Mike, you go, well, you're a jerk. And now, wait, we're not even talking about the issue anymore. We're just yelling at each other. And so a lot of people go, I'd rather just not even do this. Just yeah. give me the... And what makes it even more difficult is that so many social media platforms, Facebook being number one among them, now has algorithms that what shows up on your screen, on your particular screen for your sign-in, are things that align with the stuff you've read before, so that it's intentionally feeding you exactly what we're talking about. It's not giving you things to challenge your point of view. It's just reaffirming everything you believe. I think every, everyone should just get off social media and Go start, good luck. start reading newspapers again. But, Mike, <laughs> I can assure you that even when you're working in 
news, no. even when you are trying your best. And I can tell you that, you know, people may disagree. They may say that I'm covering for them. I'm not. People who work in the media, by and large, generally, almost to a person, try really hard. Those who are not columnists, they're allowed to have an opinion, but the other ones are trying to be fair. But again, we all have our point of view and we've reached the point now where we won't listen to fair because if there's anything in that story that doesn't align with our point of view, that person's an idiot and they're biased. And that's a real shame. That shows you what type of society we've yes. turned into. Yeah. It, it's, yes. It's horrible. But how do you then have that intelligent discussion with someone when you can't even listen to a different point of view? There was a story, just uh, Christy Blatchford in the National Post this week, or last week, wrote one of the most annoying stories, not her writing. Her writing was great. The story made me furious because it was about a private school in British Columbia. And the teacher, while talking generically about abortion or some social issues, he says, abortion, for example, I disagree with abortion, but he didn't say you have to believe it. He didn't try and convince anyone. He just threw it in there. A student walked out and said she was triggered, went to the principal. A teacher came back, removed the teacher from the classroom. He's now been fired. Mm. How do we How do we have a society where you can't even offer a point of view without worry that someone is going to do something like that? It's hard. It's, again, it's, it's the... Uh, people just get this visceral, like, oh my God, I'm, I'm just... I can't believe this. Either I'm offended or I'm, you know, and, and nobody, there's none of this like, you know, meet you halfway. I'll listen to your side and, and maybe hear what I have to say. It's just, there's this, for whatever reason, it's it, it's like, it's instant gratification. Like, you, you know, you go on Facebook, you look at what you want to look at, you talk to you want who you want to talk to. And so when you see things that... Um, uh, online and even in person that that you don't like, then there's this instant you're so used to like either you know clicking like you're you're going to the next page or in this case yeah you're gonna get up and 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 tell the principal because somebody made a comment in passing right I mean well we've decided that being offended is the worst crime yeah. and we've talked about this on the show before we've decided mm-hmm. that if someone offends me that is the worst thing they can do to me. And if you offend me, you must be wrong. Mm -hmm. You have done something horrible and I must then crush you because I am entitled to walk through life not being offended. And none of us are. Being offended is a good thing for this very reason. It makes you think about why am I being offended? What do I think that that I disagree with and how do I establish my position? But we don't want to think. We don't want to be challenged on these things. We just want to... Go through life and be told how right we are about everything. Because uh, we've also become a lazy society as well. And that's that's very... I think last time I was here, actually, joking around, I think I offended Brad Clark, you know, and he called oh, me out on it. I'm we, sure you didn't offend but Brad no, too I know, badly. But, but the, the point is, you're right. We seem to always come around to this topic, whether it's here on this show or even if you're just out uh, amongst your colleagues at work, you really have to be on pins and needles at times. We all know Jay is right now too. Be on pins and needles <laughs> twice reason. in one show um, to 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 watch what you say. And it's really unfortunate because I'm not that kind of guy. I like to speak my mind and say what I'm thinking. And if and if, if I'm not a fan of something, all right, I'm not going to stuff it down someone's throat. But I'll simply say, you know what, I'm not a fan of this. And someone, oh well, you're ridiculous. Okay, well maybe I am ridiculous. But I'm there's not a, a fan of it. There's a huge difference. We got to go to break. There's a huge difference when you talk about that. And Mike, I know what you're saying. There's a huge difference between walking up to a woman in your workplace and making comments about her breasts 
which you know would be completely offensive and outrageous and unnecessary, and someone and offering a viewpoint on something philosophically or politically that is a discussion point, and someone taking the same almost level of offense to it. Those are two vastly different yeah. things, but we treat them almost the same now. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Quick break. Back after this on the Scott Radley Show. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show weeknights from seven to nine on AM nine hundred CHML. Mike Fortune. Jay McQueen in studio with the brightest panel in Hamilton Radio. If you missed the first hour, Jay McQueen is monitoring his phone closely because at any minute there will be a new Mini McQueen entering this world. Well, possibly two, maybe three. Yeah. If you if you miss any chance they're triplets? No, or not even two. No, we've asked. <laughs> we've asked several times, and uh, we don't we don't know if it's a boy or girl, but. But uh, we do know there's one, and uh, yeah, if you missed the first hour, you, you might have just made it sound like she's in the hospital and she's ready to push. Not quite that. No, no, close, no, no. But, but you would not be here if we no. were there, if we were at that point. But, um, you know, no. But yes, any moment. She's due on the 28th, but uh, could hope, be sooner. Yeah, we're hoping sooner. Could be sooner. be home for the holiday, Christmas and all that stuff. Take her so. for a, like a drive on a bumpy Wait, road. I, you know what? <laughs> Nikola Tesla Boulevard, a.k.a. Burlington, <laughs> formerly known as Burlington Street. Um, we, we went down Birthing to- uh, Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> we went down to Bass Pro Mills in St. Catharines to get uh, Emerson's photo of Santa today that we talked about earlier. And uh, I'm like, you know what? It's it's 3.30 or 3.45. We're going to go. We're, take, we're not going to go Red Hill Valley to the link. Because we live kind of near Limeridge Mall, I'm, I'm not doing that. Plus, because everybody's getting off at Upper Wentworth yeah. to go to the mall, so I thought let's get off at Nikola Tesla Boulevard and uh, and go up across uh, to uh, Wellington and up the uh, Claremont Access, the portion of the Claremont Access that's open. So uh, yeah, we're on Nikola Tesla Boulevard, and Jen's going, "Oh, geez, bumpy road here." She's like, <laughs> "But this is," like, she's like, "This is good. This is one of the things that uh, one of the old wives' tales, right?" And I said, "Hey, let's." Let's keep it, keep the bumps coming, right? You mentioned the mall. Is there anything this time of year that leads to more homicidal impulses than trying to find a parking spot at a big mall? Is there anything that makes you more insane than driving around? And then you think you've got a spot and someone darts in before you into the spot. That There should be some sort of ex- like exemption in the criminal code that if you kill someone because they stole your parking spot that should be allowed it doesn't bother me the slightest <laughs> because i i love my cars they're not fancy cars but i just love my cars i love washing them in the winter and bend vacuuming i park so far away that i couldn't care less about parking and i get a real ch- it's my entertainment walking from my car to the front entrance and watching everyone else yelling and screaming at each other. I, I love it. I do the same thing. I've had, I've had to go to Lime Ridge or CF Lime Ridge, as yes. it's now known. Um, a Is couple, that what it's now known as? Yeah. Fairview. Yeah, Lime Cadillac Ridge, Fairview, yeah. Lime, Ridge. Lime Ridge. So I've had to go there a couple of times this week, and yeah, I park as far away as I can and just walk. I don't even, I don't even uh, attempt to find something yeah. remotely close to the door, uh, you know, in spite of how cold it's been, right? You've got to get your 10,000 steps in. That's true. CF Limeridge, though. That, I'll call that? it CF Limeridge when I start calling it not Cops Coliseum right. and yeah. not Hamilton Place yeah, and I not know. Skydome. Yeah. 
and not Maple Leaf Gardens. Yeah, I've missed, even done that a couple times I by accident. That way. <laughs> Hamilton Place is being renamed, apparently. It's all, every, eventually, what they're planning is that within a year or two, this entire city and every building in it will be known as First Ontario Centre. <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> that eventually, and you will be First Ontario, Mike. There we go. You'll be First Ontario, Jay. There we go. Hey. You know, actually, you know what? That's not a bad idea. We were talking about whether places should, whether we should be selling street names the other day. I think I should, we should sell our own names. This could be, sure I, you know, I, First Ontario Scott. I, I could live with that. <laughs> 50000 bucks a year, you can have my name. And then now the thing is, though, do, do, they a put, year. do they put the signage on your forehead? <laughs> as long as it's temporary, like the, like the boards in hockey. Yeah, not, yeah. I'm not getting a tattoo on my forehead, but, you know, because I may change. I, I th- could get a better offer. I think I heard that somewhere. There was a guy, he rented his his forehead space to some company. <laughs> the eye is bitter, and he, he got some money for it. He well, just walked around. You would not be a I good forehead qualify. space place. Jay and I, I we are qualify. we are prime real estate. Tons of it. Well, there's lots of real estate on our forehead. Our forehead <laughs> starts at our eyebrows and goes to the nape of our neck. So <laughs> it's, uh, you know, there you go. But again, speaking of homicidal impulses, isn't this a nice Christmas topic? Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> there was a new, there's a new survey out. It was done um, by a group that monitors movies, monitors Hollywood. And they found that in the last decade, the use of guns in movies... Main Hollywood movies is up by 50, five zero, 50 percent. This is coming at the same time when everyone is saying how much we hate guns and the NRA is evil and we want to have gun control and the people leading, yelling the loudest for how evil guns are, are usually those who are coming out of Hollywood saying this is, you know, the, the, the celebrities and everyone else saying we got to do something. How come we say, and I believe that truly we do, hate the idea of guns hurting people, and yet our main focus of entertainment seems to be guns. Because it sells. It, it's, but it's, why? Why do we love the idea of watching violence? We just don't like the idea of real violence. Because it's action-packed. It, it, they make it look so cool. You know, they get the Matrix thing going through the air <laughs> and slow motion. And it just it's cool, and it's 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 the it's the race car through the streets with the guns, and the way in the movies they get the gangsters, you know, holding it sideways, you know, yeah, crossing your that, hands with yeah. two guns, and, and, <laughs> and they they just make it look cool, and the the actors that they bring in, you all look up to these. these but is that not exactly with, what we're talking about? Uh, They're saying is. one thing and then making it look entirely cool They're on the other talking hand, talking out of both sides of their mouth. It's guess it's entertainment. It's for, to me when I go to a show. You know, I'm kind of looking to, I guess, escape reality and get lost in the theater and, and what's going on in the movie and just em- embrace the whole thing. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't own a gun and I, you know, like most people hate gun violence, but yeah, like... Give me some scenes with some, uh, you know, things shot up and whatever and man, like, yeah. Look at Star Wars. Lasers. It's cool. You know, and yet, lasers, okay, yeah. Fair, and that's an interesting <laughs> one because, like, we don't have lasers in, that I know of. Nobody actually is armed with a laser gun, so that's <laughs> that's that's fake. That's that's sort of pretend violence. But when you then go, I listen. I watched last week. I don't know what night it was. I was flipping around channels, and Die Hard came on. <laughs> There's probably on a deaths per capita basis in the movies. There's not too many movies that have a higher death per minute rate than Die Hard. <laughs> But we all love Die Hard. Yeah. And then each Die Hard movie, the level of deathness went up higher and higher. I mean, by the end of it, it's amazing you didn't just drop a nuclear bomb on a city <laughs> just to be able to have the highest death count yeah. ever. Yeah. But why do we love that stuff in fiction 
and hate that stuff in real life. It seems like it would be one or the other. It seems like we would say if we really hate guns, if we really hate violence, then why do we be? Why are we entertained by it? Because what would Hollywood be able to sell then? Sex. No. Yeah, yeah, even that gets boring. I think, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like well, how many positions? Do you, anyway, sorry, it's all. <laughs> but okay, romance, romance movies, comedies, whatever. Yeah. I mean, whatever else you want to come up with. There's lots of other options. It seems, but we we always the fallback position, the default position. Yeah. The I got no other good idea. Let's blow stuff up and shoot people. Is the fallback position? Maybe because people appreciate the the special effects that are involved in making these scenes. Ah, we know it's all fake. But look at the artistry involved the in, artistry. in blowing up this this Person. city. <laughs> yeah, it's new. What's new in in CG? You know, shoot 'em up scenes, right, or whatever. But even that, I don't think most of the time. I don't think that we are awed, a w e d, not o d d, a w e d, by <laughs> saying, "Wow, look at how realistic that bullet pierced his chest." It's just he got blown away. That guy got blown away. There was a squirt of blood, and down <laughs> he went, and we never see the guy again. And we are enthralled by this. Like it really, this is truly one of those things that truly baffles me is that we can be so much against it on one side and love it so much on the other side. Essentially the same thing. I mean, I understand that there is a difference between real death and movie death. I I mean, I'm not an idiot. I understand that. But there's other things in life that we would never watch on movies. Like we all love hamburgers. We do, right? Yeah. We all love hamburgers. Yeah. I do not want to watch a movie of watching what happens to the cow to get to the point where he's in the restaurant. I have no interest in watching a cow get killed, <laughs> slaughtered, butchered, yeah. all the rest. We would never say, that's highly entertaining. So if how, if the show How's It Made ever had that as an episode, you wouldn't watch? Because I would find that somewhat interesting. How does a burger come to be? You might find it interesting the first time as a yeah. documentary type thing. Docu- You're not going to go to see the sequel. <laughs> or part three, 12 Fair cows enough. slaughtered. Fair enough. Or whatever. I mean, think of all the things that we we don't like in our life. We generally, you know, I don't want to have a hip replacement. I may go, I may watch on TLC. Well, TLC used to have hip replacements. Now it's all shows about weird families and whatever else. But I might watch a documentary about a surgery, but I'm not going to over and over and over again go, oh, I got to see a hip replacement today. That was an awesome hip replacement. Well, it's like, why do we watch, why do I enjoy the show Mayday? Um, you know, I, I about, it's like Air Crash Investigation. It's also been renamed, right? But, you know, and all it does is scare the crap out of you, right? Yep. And, and, and I think, why did why do we watch this? We're, we're flying somewhere next month or whatever, right? And, <laughs> but, and nobody ever wants to be in a plane crash, right? Or nobody wishes that upon mm-hmm. anybody. But yet we watch, uh, some of us watch those shows, right? Because it's... It's fascinating to see how uh, see what happens, and they never know? will show that on a flight. No, well, except in they don't uh, have that documentary no, they did channel. In, uh, airplane, airplane. They showed uh, you know the movie, yeah, the comedy movies. They they showed there was a on the plane. They were showing a movie in flight, and there was a plane crash. And <laughs> but I mean, you go on a, you go on cruise ships now, and they have these big movie screens over the pool. Yeah, they never show Titanic. Well, you know what's going to happen there, though, too. Like, <laughs> no, but there's certain things that yeah. we just we don't like the concept, so we don't want to watch it. And with this, we don't like the concept, and yet we eagerly gobble it up. And here's the interesting thing to me: Hollywood, the entertainment industry, whatever you want to call it, will tell us time and again that there is no connection between movie violence and real life violence. And I think for 99.9 percent of people, that's somewhat true. 
But there's a reason why commercials air over and over and over, why you see the same commercial. Because eventually, if look, if burger commercials didn't make you hungry, they wouldn't mm-hmm. pay the money to do them. Mm-hmm. If beer commercials didn't sell beer, didn't get it into your head, mm-hmm. when you see the same thing over and over and over again, there has to be something that... No pun intended, but a trigger goes off and you're there like... There has huh. to be. Yeah. There has yeah. to be. If every other thing that they sell causes you to want to go out and buy that, how can we say the one thing that wouldn't affect our thinking would be violence? To me, it doesn't make any sense. You can't say that for sure, right? And I'm not suggesting that that means that you or Jay or me are going to go buy a gun and shoot everyone up because we had a bad day. I think that we have 99% of the population has the ability to distinguish. Unless you lived in the States. Even then. (laughs) Even then. 99% or more of the population can distinguish. But do we become desensitized? I I think that is a very good word. I I think, and alluding to what you said earlier, Jay, is you go to a movie or you sit on your couch in your family room and you watch Blue Bloods or CSI because you just want to escape the realities of your day and your life and let's get involved in what's happening on the big screen or small screen. And if it's a if it's a gunfight and a takedown, hey, so be it. But if you watch, like yeah. when I say desensitized, if you were to bring someone back from the dead who died in 1950 at the early days of television and plop them in front of a TV set today and show them CSI or something, do you think they would go, oh, that's cool? They'd be horrified. Honestly, (laughs) they would. They'd be horrified. But why would they be horrified? You had all the cowboy and Indian movies. What were they all doing? They're all riding a horse, shooting guns. It's true. Now, the difference Mm -hmm. was if you can can parse it, which is a good point, but the difference, I suppose, is that I don't remember ever in the Lone Ranger or Bonanza or something, even if they shot someone, you didn't even see blood. It was just the guy fell off his horse and that was the end of that guy. Well, the blood was like gray or black. But right? even then, they didn't even show it. And again, that, that, and Mike, you're right. it's still the perception of you're him right. falling off the horse and laying there dead. You're, you're absolutely right. And, and I'm, you know, I know that I'm parsing it when I say that, that I'm coming up with an excuse. But you're absolutely right that, that those things did happen back then. We just didn't, we, we hadn't reached the point where we could see stuff on TV or the movies that we see all the time now and think nothing of it. It was shocking before. What what would be, truly, right now, if something came on your television set at home, hmm. what would actually shock you? Well, like in a movie? Just in general. TV something that you What could you possibly see today? With all the stuff that we've all been exposed to, what could you possibly see that would truly be shocking? A beheading. I would be shocked by that. Okay. See, all yeah, right. And I'm not but that's a, a pretty high bar. Uh, but you're right. But it's a, that's a pretty high yeah. bar. I'm not answering. I'm kind of avoiding answering it myself. But people who watch the show, and I don't, Game of Thrones, everybody was shocked about some episode in the last couple of months that some guy went on a rampage and everybody who, who watches the show who expects to see violence was just flabbergasted by what had happened. So there is this like... There are points. Yeah. But they are very high bars. Like, Mike, you're right. I think a beheading would shock all of us if we saw it on TV. But think about that for a second. If that's now the place where we have to start in order to be shocked. <laughs> all right? I mean, yeah. the, and, and before that, I mean, like, what was shocking? Remember a few years ago when CHCH had a, uh, a wrong button that was pressed and they yes. had porn playing at yes. noon for yeah. 10 minutes or whatever it mm-hmm. was? And that was shocking. Fair enough. That was shocking, I think, for a lot of people, especially because the context was completely unexpected. 
But nonetheless, you're talking violence. We have to start for a lot of people at the idea of a beheading to be shocked. Shooting? No problem. Disemboweling? Yeah, I can deal with that. I've seen that before. <laughs> Someone having their leg chopped off? No problem. Someone being burned alive? Ah, old news. Yeah. And then a year from now, two years from now, we probably will see a beheading. Mm-hmm. And then what? Then what's next? Then then what shocks us? I, I don't know. I just look at this whole, I look at this study and I say 50% more gun use in movies in the last 10 years. Hmm. There's got to be a reason for that. And it's got to be because of that very thing. Our shock value yeah. is down or is up, whichever direction. Uh, We're less sensitized. Yeah. We're desensitized. And so to have the same effect, we need more. I don't know if how short we are on time here, so I'll make this quick. But Go ahead. E- even y- you think about it as a parent. And I know when I had, when our son was born, I, I looked at my wife, I said, I don't want to see Nerf guns. I don't want to see water guns. I don't want to see any of that in my house. You go to Toys R Us. You go to any Walmart, whatever, and you can buy any type of cool-looking, neat gun. Guess what we have a closet full of downstairs? Nerf guns, water guns, you name it. All this stuff that I didn't want because I think as a parent, we shouldn't have to – I don't want to have to make this choice and say no. And trust me, I was saying no. My wife was like, oh, sure, go get the water gun. Anyways – it also goes down to that level where the the kids are being introduced to guns and the whole idea of holding and, and, and looking at it and shooting it. The only gun show that's supposed to be played in the Fortune household is when Mike wears a T-shirt, <laughs> a muscle shirt. Get your yeah, tickets that's right, yeah. to the gun show. Get your tickets I, to I'm the just gun saying, show. It, it, it also goes, it, it, it go, if, you, if you want to get down to <laughs> grassroots and dig deeper... It even starts down at that level, too, mm-hmm. with, with just toy plastic guns. It's a, it's a head scratcher. I mean, it really it is. is. To me, it's a head scratcher that we love this so much when we hate the reality of it. But, you know, we're not going to solve that one right now. No. I don't think. If we've solved it, let us know. Yeah, if, we, if we've we, solved we the world's have. problems, I would like to know that. But I'm, I want to know how Jen's doing. Has she texted you? Is she, is she enjoying the show? No, she, I think she's, has the show made her more induced? She's on toddler uh, <laughs> okay. toddler bedtime <laughs> Sorry, Scott. watch right now. <laughs> Quick break back after uh, this on the Scott Radley Show. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. In New Hampshire today on the summit of Mount Washington, in New Hampshire, wind chill today 85 degrees below zero. Wow. You wear a toque if you're going to the summit of Mount Washington in New Hampshire this weekend. Maybe take some mittens. <laughs> that, 85 below. Wow, you're essentially, wow. you climb to the top and you're essentially cryogenically frozen. <laughs> Pretty Immediately. Much. You and Walt yeah. Disney and Ted Williams are spending eternity together in a block of ice. And Austin Powers. And Austin Powers. Well, they uh. thought Austin Powers out, which gives us <laughs> yeah. hope that Walt and Ted may one day come back. Uh, I, I'm a little worried, though, that when they call him the Splendid Splinter, that that's what's going to happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're going to drop that block of ice, and he's going to be in a thousand pieces. <laughs> exactly. Uh, serious topic that I want to get to. We haven't done a lot of serious stuff today, but there is one that I, I you know, I wanted to ask you guys about because it's been something that's, that I've been hearing about a lot this week. We've all been hearing about Aleppo and the disaster that's going on over in Syria and. We won't go into all of it because everybody, you know, at least knows of it. It's It's been a disaster. People are trying to get out of there. There's just thousands of people being killed and displaced and everything else. And the interesting thing, and the, re- the thing I want to ask you, the line was used several times this week in several by several different commentators that this was a failure of humanity. Now... The point is, uh, he was not speaking to humanity just as this is a failure of the humans who were there. He was referring to, this is a 
failure of the world to react to what was going on here and to step in. Is that right? It should, when you look at something like this, when you see that someone is committing acts of genocide or mass killings, what is the broader world's responsibility in those cases? Because I honestly, I've be, I, I think I know the answer, but I've become very confused over the last number of years because if you get involved, you're bad. If you don't get involved, you're bad. So I'm not really sure what the anymore what the proper answer is. I know what I would do, but I don't know what the what the proper answer is. What do you think, Jay? I, I think failure. Would you say failure of humanity? I think that's a uh, that's a pretty tall sort of uh, or large um, burden or you know sort of large term to place on on the rest of of the world. You know, I think that for the most part, you know. Um, Canada is a country that tries to do, um, you know, the best it can and what it can in certain situations to help other countries and certainly has done it, you know, numerous times around the world. Um, but, you know, sometimes, but we all have our own, and this is not to d- diminish in any way what has happened there and what is happening, but we all have our own things going on in our own countries, Um as well, right? And and so I think that, you know, maybe sometimes the reactions are, are not as swift as as maybe they could be or people expect them to be. But I think that, um, you know, I, I think that uh, saying that it's a failure of humanity is a little bit a little bit harsh. I mean, I think that in general, people across the world try to do what's right, but maybe not. You know, I think we have our own issues at home to deal with sometimes too, and I think you know that's uh, that would be my take on it. That it's it's hard to it's hard to be everywhere and to 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 help everyone all the time. Take Mike. What about that last line? That it's hard to be everywhere and step into all the hot spots in the world. It it is very difficult. You know, there's we're always looking at our own backyard. You know, we have to look after our poverty, our homeless, and all that. You know, this is on a much larger scale um, across seas. And it, it's sad that humanity has kind of come to this. Uh, you know, We've always I, been like this before, though. Like, there's always been places in the world where stuff has like been this, happening. But because it's just so much more accessible now mm. because of, again, social media. Everything is instant. Like, I just clicked on Aleppo and I'm seeing stuff that's coming up here within the last 30 seconds, you know. So it's just constant. It's always in your face. Do we have a... Do we have a, um, a a reason to get more involved? That's a tough one. I don't think people would like my answer. You know, I, I like it being a Canadian. I, I like our own backyard. I, I like our the way we live a life. And it, you know, if you if you start to intrude and if you start to to be the big guy and the big hero, you know, I think things could drastically change our lifestyle here. Um, can you work in unison as a, as a group if you can get many comp- uh, countries together and help out? I'm all for that. But to be the one country to stand up and, and I don't, say, no, we're going to come in and save everything? I don't think anyone is suggesting that Canada should have no, alone. No, I'm just saying in general. I'm just... But if you go back to the 1940s, if we had said, we're, you know, the Nazis, they're, they're over there. The Germans are over there. We're not going to do anything about that. We would have in history, in the, in the annals of history, mm-hmm. we would have looked back and said... It was a colossal mistake not to get involved. And we had a moral responsibility yep. because of what was happening to get involved. But then you look at a place like Mogadishu, 
You look at places in Africa where there have been civil wars and people just wiped out. Uh, you, and we haven't. We haven't jumped in there. Libya and other places, and we, or we've, we've sort of dropped a bomb here. The Americans have dropped a bomb or fired a missile toward a tent or something, to, you know, blown up a camel. Um, well, that's what happened in Libya for a while. They were, you know, they were doing basically just a, a, a war for show almost. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I feel like when you, when you know there is a genocide happening, you have an obligation to do something if you can. But politically, if the Americans, and this is who we're really talking about here, let's not, Mm. let's not fool ourselves. If the Americans had gone in to fight in Syria, the political backlash would have been enormous. Mm -hmm. Don't forget, this is the, this is the Nobel Peace Prize president who was going to get us out of every war, get the Americans out of every war. Didn't work. Still killing more people with drones than any other president in the history of the United States. But hmm. how do you how do you ignore what's happening over there? How do you say, ah, it's their problem? Yeah, I mean, you want to say, you know, like it comes back to it's hard to be everywhere and, and help everyone. Um, you know, genocide obviously is something that, you know, you, you can't stand by and let happen and then... You know, but for other things, you say, okay, well, you want to you you pick your pick your spots, right? You can't be everywhere, but then then you get it, you know, you get in crap for picking this spot instead of that spot, right? And, and so, and how do you choose? How do you choose this this battle that you're going to get into instead of that one? So it's, you know, I don't know if it's you can't win, right? Yeah, you can't you can't be everywhere, but then if you if you pick one or two or three, then why are you picking those ones? And the answer can't be sorry, Michael, I'll let you jump in, yeah. but the answer can't be well, we'll just take every Syrian into Canada. Right, we've done a lot, and and we've had discussions about this, and we have been a very generous country, and I think rightly so. But you can't say ad infinitum, everyone who escapes can come to Canada. We'll take in five hundred thousand. I mean, we just as a country, we can't, we just can't absorb that many. We're not a no. big enough country to do that. No. So you can't just say we'll take it at the back end, and we'll just deal with the the fallout. Sorry, Mike, I interrupted you. Yeah, no, I'm just, you know, I was thinking about my answer and then I'm listening to you, Jay, and I, again, I agree exactly with what you just said, Scott. We, you, you can't take everyone in, you can't do it all, but I was just, for a split second there, just trying to put myself in their position and picturing just Hamilton alone, forget the rest of the country, picture Hamilton just getting bombed and blown away and 500,000 people gone, you know, and there's a few of us straggling around. And nobody coming to help. And and that's what I'm thinking. No one coming to help. Wouldn't you just feel like an absolute... You, you, you would feel... I don't know what you would feel. I can't even imagine it. So, you know, I, maybe I'm taking back what I said just a few minutes ago. It, but it's just... It's it's where do you find the line? I don't know. No one... Yeah. If, if we knew the answer, none of this would be going on. And we'd be able to figure everything out at the snap of the finger and, and we'd all be able to get along as well. So... Well, the truth the, is that what one. would be ideal... Although it doesn't seem like it's ever going to happen. What would be ideal is if some of the neighboring countries of Syria would get involved and would stop this, but that clearly is there's not going to There's a reason why happen. they're not doing that yes. as well. Yes, but that would be, that. W- I mean, you don't want the Americans, clearly, politically, any other reason, you don't want them to be the policemen of the world or have to hold that position. The Russians aren't going to do it. The Chinese aren't going to do it. So if anyone is going to step in to stop a genocide, it appears it'll be the Americans, maybe the British. Um Maybe, you know, uh, some other European countries maybe that would get involved, but you would hope that it would be the neighboring countries that would say, no, no, this is not acceptable. Yeah. 
if it's you know I think sometimes our because we're overseas from things like this right uh, you know social media brings us closer right and, and quicker um, than than say back in um, you know in the late 30s early 40s uh, you know news didn't travel as fast then and news reels would show up like every three weeks or something yeah. and you see uh, something um, but yeah you would hope that countries who are you know in closer proximity to what's happening you know that is that would be the hope right. Doesn't seem to happen, though. No. Doesn't happen. I mean, the, no. the, a lot of the neighboring countries have taken in zero refugees. Zero. And it, so my, my, my initial default position is we have to do something. But the problem is, how do you become the only part of the world or a very small portion? I mean, obviously, Europe has done some parts of Europe and North America. But how do you become the part of the world that's doing everything and... Other parts aren't doing hardly anything and that you can solve all the problems. I, I, I honestly, I, but, but it, you know, to, to the point of, is this a failure of humanity? Yes, it's a failure of humanity. It's a fascinating. But not just American humanity. I think it's a fascinating mindset that the countries closer to Syria and all that, how they just, they're not doing, they just don't care. Like, I, well, they don't want to create more of a conflict. So you end up with a complete firebomb going off uh, politically and, and socially and everything else. I, I understand that part, Mike. I mean, I do. I understand that you don't want to have your next door neighbor wanting to bomb you into oblivion. But at the same time, you can't just wait for the United States to roll in and then when they do roll in to solve the problem then hate them and burn the flag and want to yeah. hurt them for doing it mm-hmm. like it just you, you can't have everything in all different directions no. I, I don't know no. but but as I said when I when I hear that it's a failure of humanity it is a failure of humanity just not necessarily American humanity that's yeah. where that was directed yeah. I'm sure that's where that was directed I don't think that's fair yeah, it's, it's a, a failure of other humanity to, to do it. Anyway, let's move to something lighter. We're going to take a break. Let me give you your quiz question. I don't think I've given the quiz question at all this hour. I keep forgetting. Something much, much lighter, and we'll finish with something lighter coming up. But anyway, here's your quiz question. In the 12 Days of Christmas, the song, what did the singer's true love give her on the eighth day? What was the gift of the eighth day in the 12 Days of Christmas? 905 645-3221 or star 9900. That is your quiz question this evening. Sorry it took so long to get to it. I completely forgot. What was the eighth day's gift in the 12 days of Christmas? 905-645-3221 star 9900. Quick break. The baby watch continues. We'll be back to let you know if anything's happening right after this on the Scott Radley Show. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show. Weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. Jay McQueen, Mike Fortune in studio, brightest panel in Hamilton Radio. And as we've been telling you, all night, Jay McQueen has the phone on because uh, his beautiful wife is expecting their second child momentarily. I mean, she's not in the hospital. She's <laughs> not actually producing as we speak, but it could happen. So producing. He's... <laughs> you want to choose a different word? Um, laboring. Laboring. Yeah. That's a, Okay, that's a good one. Now, here is the, here's the thing, though. Earlier... This week, this month, I don't know when he had it. Mick Jagger, who, I don't know, he's like 104 now, lead singer of the Rolling Stones. He um, he had a little thing. He's got a girlfriend who's a ballet dancer who I think is about 22 or 23. He's, I mean, why wouldn't you if Do it. you were Mick Jagger, Do have a ballet right. dancer for a girlfriend, I suppose. Uh, they just had a child. It's his eighth, I believe, from a number of different women. The name they gave this child, fascinating name. 
Apparently, all other names ever considered on the planet were taken. So the name of the child is Devereaux Octavian Basil Jagger. Devereaux. Devereaux Octavian Basil Jagger, which basically means this child will be beaten up on the schoolyard. Mm -hmm. Many times over. Uh, Although you're not allowed to do that anymore, but nonetheless, you know. So this brings me, though, to the point, because earlier this week, your beautiful wife was on Facebook putting out an all call for people to recommend names for boys or for girls. You received a medley of good and bad ideas. Yeah. Some very nice, some just totally ridiculous, as would be expected on social media. But Mm. my question is this. Mike, you've had kids. Jay, you've had a kid. I've had a couple of kids. What's the process? How do you actually decide what is an appropriate name your kid because if you choose before you haven't even seen the kid Mm -hmm. if you choose after well the kid's like not doing anything yet they're just basically still just a lump of eating and pooping so they're not they're not really getting any sense of what that child's personality is how how do you go about choosing a name to well i I guess i'll start because this is uh absolutely pretty Mm -hmm. this is very apropos for us right now so we uh we don't know if it's a boy or girl and last time we didn't know whether it was a boy or girl either. And uh, so we had a couple of boys' names. We had uh, a couple of girls' names last time. And we pretty much, it was so close that we said, well, obviously we have to wait because we have to see whether it's a boy or girl. And even though sometimes the names are interchangeable. uh, In Emerson, uh, we had a girl and that name is interchangeable, obviously. But we uh, we didn't, it was about 12 hours. The middle name Pat? Uh, no, <laughs> no, Chris. Yeah. Um, but we, um, we waited about, she went about 12 hours without having a name because we, uh, we were still talking about it, but obviously, but we wanted to meet her and see what she was like. And, and I think that. And you were able to get enough in 12 hours to make that decision? Yeah. I think we, wow. I think it helped that we really liked the name and, um, you know, and I think it, I think it, it was a good match, but, but I laugh sometimes at, at the people who find out what they're having and then, you know, like 18 weeks in, it's like, well, there's Steve, right? And then on, on Facebook, it's like, <laughs> it's like, well, Steve's coming. Like we saw Steve today. He's five months old. And Steve's room's done. And then, but then I said to, I said to Jen, I'm like, well, what happens if the baby's born and well, A, they got the sex wrong, right? Uh, well, Stephanie, but then the name is li- the name is the least of your problems because yeah. the room is painted the well, wrong uh, color, all the clothes are wrong. Yeah, those but, yes. the people who had to have had to be organized, or else they can't, you know, live. And um, <laughs> but yeah, my my thing is is what happens if the baby comes out and it's a boy and it doesn't look like Steve at all? Like it's totally a bill, right? Like you can't <laughs> do it. Like I, at, at twelve hours, how can you distinguish between a Steve and a Bill? <laughs> you just I I we knew we knew between Emerson and I can't remember uh-huh. what the other names were, but um, we just, we had a, a, and we were both on the same page, and 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 so I'll be, you know, I guess we'll be fortunate if we're both on the same page this time. I actually, I said to Jen, I'm like, you know, the most of the baby stuff is done. My biggest concern is we have to have, actually have a, a chat about the names. I yeah. said, I think what we, she's got kind of a running list on her phone, and then she'll run it by me, and plus this Facebook list that people started yeah. to, and, you know, she'll say it, and I'll kind of go, yeah, or no, or Neh. So I think what we really have to do is I'm going to get a piece of paper and yeah. literally just she's going to start reading the names and I'm going to have a yes no and well okay maybe like a maybe pile 
we when we were going through our names for both my son Jaden and then my daughter Presley, we both you, know, you buy all the books. You know, what yes. are the cool names? You, we got I got so many books. Yeah. If you want a book, I can give you a book. You know, to thank you for the calendar. <laughs> I don't here. need any more uh, confusion. <laughs> we we, uh, we we sat around in our living room and we didn't write names down, but we we would just have open and general conversations in the living room around dinner time. And again, we again like you, we didn't know what we were having, so we made sure we had a boy's name. And a girl's name that we really, really liked. So no matter what, that was the name and the personality would wrap around the name as opposed to the other way around. And uh, I I didn't do a, a yes and a no and a maybe list. She would come up with a name. I'd just go, Vito, no, not happening. Yeah. Because what I did... My wife, I love her to death, but as a she grew up in a bit of a bubble growing up. You know, I got a lot mm. more street smarts than she had. Yeah. So I know how. Oh, we, cruel... I guess that from your marijuana talk earlier yeah. in the show. <laughs> I know how cruel kids can be, and Tracy would come up with some names. She's like, "Well, how about Ainsley Vito? Well, why not?" I go think about the nicknames for it. And she'd be, oh, she goes, kids are like that. I go, kids are cruel. Yeah. There was a great you, SNL sketch of that once upon a time. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you have to you have to take all these particulars. And like when we had our second child, again, not knowing what you have, she wanted to name it Wesley. I said, no way are we naming our kids Wesley. And then she said Preston. I go, no, I'm not looking at a guy with a little cardigan going to the yacht club. Not happening. <laughs> and then our love of Elvis Preston Wesley Presley. Oh, there you go. That would have been boy or girl because yep. it's a perfect. Absolutely. We like it much better for a girl. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think the whole thing is fat. And I'm sure we there's thousands of stories, Scott. I'm sure you got your stories. How to be, how you picked your we names? We got that. We had the book. We read the book. The name didn't come out of the book. I don't think. I don't remember uh, for either of them. But I do remember that when we got the book, the one thing that stands out when we read the book and you're going through all the names, and of course. I'm sure that more kids are born with names that begin between the letter A and about H. Because people you read, get tired. Because you're reading every page very carefully. <laughs> yeah. And then by the time you get to about H, you're just like, flip, 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 flip. Okay, what have I got? But I remember right, right near the beginning, the book got to the one name and said, this is the only name that you should absolutely never name your child. It was Adolf. I was like, yeah, that's oh, good yeah, advice. Yeah, yeah. That would yeah, that would yeah. be a bad name to show up with today. <laughs> now, what is your daughter? Your daughter's name is Victoria. It is Victoria. Victoria Elizabeth. Yeah, very regal. No, but yeah. I'm going to tell you, top of my list for a girl, and I'll put this on Jen's list. Yeah. I love the name Victoria. If you keep it at Victoria, don't shorten it to Vicky. No, she hates that. Yeah, it's it, Victoria. It ha- I think Victoria is such and a it's classy, and Cal- pretty name. Yeah, and Caleb, who was uh, Caleb, was a name out of the Bible from the Book of Numbers thirteen. He was a hero who. Uh, you know, in the, in the book, and we thought it was a great name, and so we decided to go with that. And you, you know, and you have to watch the uh, the inevitable short form, the shorting the of short the names, right? Too, yeah. Like, and that's the thing you can we've we talked about names that oh, we really like this, but then then we hate the short form, and and you know that people are are gonna get the short forms, right? or it's way too modern. Like, there have to yeah. have been ten million girls named Brittany who were born like fifteen years or ago. Jordan, what about Jordan? Jordan with Michael a Y, Jordan, yeah, with right? a Y, but or some stupid. Uh, not stupid. Uh, maybe stupid. Some of these names are Watch stupid. Let's, I won't name any names. But honestly, let's be honest. Some of the names that we have heard that have been very popularized in the last few years, they're stupid names. And yeah. get down the road and you're going to say, how in the world did I get stuck with that name? Because that celebrity that mom or dad liked, yeah. mm-hmm. they thought this would be a good name to strap me with. I'm telling you, we got to go to break, Jay, but I'm telling you. Last name is McQueen. I wrote this on your Facebook page. Freddie Mercury McQueen. I saw that, yeah. It would be awesome. <laughs> Boy or girl. Freddie the girl. Freddie. Freddie. <laughs> Freddie. Freddie the girl? No way. Well, you know, you branch out. No. Try something new. Go with Victoria. 
No, go for you know, I like, I like Scott as well. Scott would be a great name, boy or girl. <laughs> you know, radio science. You know my dad's name. Yeah. My dad's name is Bruce. Actually, and, and you, his two brothers, Alan and Daryl. You never, you never hear those names really anymore, right? Bruce, and, Alan, but Daryl. a friend of mine that I went to high school with, she named her son Bruce, and he was born in the last couple of months. And I thought, wow, like somebody's, someone's bringing back like an older kind of name. Like it's not as what as far back as like Mavis. Or as Hazel. we go though, we got to go to break. As we go though, that's the other worst thing though is when you finally got a name. And then someone you know, like three weeks before you have your baby, names their kid that. You go, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900. AM 900 CHQ.